joining us live on the line again, uh, Police Association President Paul McHugh. Good morning, Paul. Morning, Katie. Apologies oh, for that. That's all right, mate. Now, uh, we were talking about uh, about these border changes and what kind of impact it's going to have on our frontline police who work out in some very remote and regional locations. Paul, what are officers saying to you since that announcement was made last week? Yeah, look, obviously, unless there's some exemptions provided, it's going to create an enormous issue for our officers, not just them, but their families, of course, who many have children in, in these, um, you know, isolated areas and uh, or, or go to boarding school down south and, and, and over on the east coast. So it's going to create enormous problems. Obviously, the practicality of it, it's challenging. We, we all understand it's very challenging and we certainly don't want to, uh, you know, COVID to spread through these communities. But practically, you know, we need to remember there are other jobs to do and there are people's livelihoods at stake so certainly the feedback we've had so far is, is there is an enormous amount of concern around this issue. Paul what will happen if there isn't some kind of exemption sought or exemption granted I should say uh, for Northern Territory Police? Well I guess as it stands they'll have to comply with uh, with the requirements as they've been outlined but we, uh, we've got no doubt many of our um, senior executives will be working through this issue at the moment. And of course, it doesn't just affect us; it affects, you know, uh, we know the, um, you know, the Cattlemen's Association have come out against this. We know the Isolated Children's Parenting mm-hmm. Association. We know there's many others, teachers, health. I mean, these communities need these people in there to, to, to make sure the community's safe and, and, and healthy. And, and we can't have uh, such difficult, um, you know, restrictions in place when we're talking about people that have to move in and out of these communities as part of their role, remembering many of our officers, many of our members are actually, you know, they're told to go and work there. They don't do it by choice. They're actually told to go there and and of course, we need to make sure they can they can do that practically. Yeah, it is. I would, you know, I would suspect it's going to have a huge mental impact on a lot of people. Um, you know, whether you're talking about those essential workers, whether you're talking about people who maybe work on on quite you know remote sort of uh, mine sites uh, and and various other industries. And I think that this change come December twenty, it just sort of caught a lot of us off guard. I think it did, and, I, and, and as I said, I, mean, I know this is a very difficult situation for, for everyone to manage, and I mean, we've never had to, you know, embark on this journey before, and hopefully we never have to again, but what it does mean is, is we've got uh, lots of questions. We haven't got a lot of answers at the moment, and obviously this announcement around the 20th of December has caused a lot of concern for our essential workers and their families, and many people that work outside of those three major centres that they're saying you have to remain in for 14 days once you come back so uh, practically uh, from a health perspective of course we understand why they're trying to do it practically it just simply won't work and we need to come down and, and urgently and sit down given it's it's uh, impending you know we're, in, we're nearly halfway through December already mm. uh, and uh, you know we we need to have some answers for our officers and, 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 their, and their families because now, it's important when they take this time off, it's with their family and they should be able to return with their family. Paul, stepping away from that just slightly and taking a look at how this is all going to be managed as well when it comes to, uh, you know, to, to making sure that people are doing the right thing right around the Northern Territory with these new changes that are going to be implemented from December 20, is that going to also have an impact on police in the sense that they'll have to police it? Without a doubt. Uh, I mean, we've seen throughout this pandemic they are the go-to agency when it comes to uh, enforcement around this, uh, the, the show directions and the requirements for people uh, in the community. And so there's no doubt that'll be the case. 
um, but we just simply don't have the numbers to do that. So it will be challenging. They'll no doubt be relying on many people uh, to just simply do the right thing. And if obviously if, if they uh, get caught and not doing the right thing, there'll be um, ramifications. But, of course, we don't have, uh, you know, uh, one or 200 police just sitting there waiting to roll out uh, for further uh, further checks on people. So it'll be a very much a self-policing environment. Yeah, well, Paul McHugh, we we will catch up with you again very soon. We've run out of time. We're so backed up uh, this morning with, uh, with guests coming on. We will talk to you again very soon. I really appreciate your time this morning. Good on you, Katie. Cheers. Thank you.